Welcome to the Successful Athletes Podcast, where we interview successful athletes to make you a faster cyclist. And today, we are joined all the way from Austin, Texas, by Dylan Schlageter. How you doing, Dylan? Good. How are you, Jonathan? Doing great. Good to have you on. Uh, so you're probably the youngest guest we've had on this podcast. How old are you? Uh, I'm 16 right now. 16. And what's, let's uh, get straight into it. What sort of rider are you? And then can you give us a breakdown of your power to weight ratio right now? Uh, so I am a NICA athlete. I also race the local race series here in the pro cat one field. Um, I have a 330 watt FTP right now and I weigh 130 pounds, which is uh, 5.6 Watts per kilo. Ooh, that's fast. That's some serious power. Can you explain what NICA is? Let's talk about that first. Uh, yeah. So NICA is just the high school like racing association. So about every other week we have a race, uh, in the season. Um, and it's usually about, uh, 17 miles for the varsity kids. And that's something that's nationwide for those that don't know here in the United States, uh, in almost where it's expanding constantly to different States, but there's, I believe I heard something around 20,000 kids that are signed up for NICA, but I could be totally wrong on that. Uh, but the point is it's an emerging and big thing, uh, to have high school mountain biking and mountain biking be a high school sport, which is super, super cool. Uh, how did you get introduced to mountain biking? Was it through NICA or was it something before that? Uh, yeah. So we had a middle school team and I just liked, uh, riding bikes. I remember just competing with my friends who could do the biggest drop off or whatever. And then we were like, Hey, we should, uh, join the middle school team to ride with other kids. And then, um, the middle school then led me to NICA in high school. So what made you, so this is a big thing for kids. They mm -hmm. start out and they hear there's a mountain bike team and they're like excited for it, but then they find out that it's not just drops, but it's a ton of hard work too. So yeah. did, was that discouraging to you to find out that you had to do all the pedaling and all the uphill work and all of that? Um, maybe not for me uh i know for some kids absolutely like there's kids on our team that just want to they just you know go ride the jumps or whatever at practice um but the coaches are really good they try and just keep it fun i wouldn't worry about the fitness aspect at all if you're trying to join a team mm. so when you talk about joining the team uh, what were your expectations starting out with mountain biking? Did you know that you were going to be like fast from the beginning? Was it just, I want to give this a shot? Uh, no, absolutely not. I was very slow because, um, like in, uh, middle school, I think my fastest mile was like eight thirty. Like I threw up at my first 5k. <laughs> um, uh, there's just so many horror stories of that, but no, I was not a very fit kid. So um, no, I have no idea why I'm this fit, honestly. So what, what was the, <laughs> well, so hopefully let's try to decode it, huh? Yeah. Um, so what, what was your experience like when you first started training, actual training with NICA? Um, so when I went through NICA, I was probably, uh, I get like eight at the races. I mean, I would ride with the team, sometimes ride on my own. Um, the training was, I mean, it's not, I was not doing anything particularly well, honestly. Mm. What sort of training were you doing? You mentioned that the coaches kept it fun. Oh, um, yeah. So we basically just go out and we do loops, uh, and, um, like we have kind of like just an out and back here. 
Uh, so we do the out and back. And I think it was um, one of the coaches. Basically, we'd race up this really uh, like 300 foot climb and then we'd descend back down. And then whoever was first basically just got like, I don't know, bragging rights. But it was fun. <laughs> That's like the in So it's it's interesting because it's like structured training, but it's doing it through just the natural form of mountain biking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Get to the top and then race down with your friends. What, what are the, so what sort of training volume were you sustaining when you first started out trying to get an idea of basically what Nike athletes, at least, you know, this is obviously your case and your mileage may vary for different people listening to this, but what sort of training volume were you doing? How many times were you meeting together as a team and how many hours were you putting in on the bike? Uh, so we met up three times a week. Uh, we do an hour and a half on Tuesday, hour and a half on Thursday, and then probably two to two and a half hours on Saturday. So what is that? Three, that's like five and a half, six hours. And how, how much of that was like, what were you focusing on? Was it just simply just riding the trails and riding the loops or out and backs like you mentioned, or was it broken up and focused? Um, yeah. So on Tuesday and Thursday, we would just ride trails, but on Saturday, um, we would have this more, uh, specified coach who came in, who's like an actual cycling coach. Um, and he would do intervals with us. So we'd mainly do like, um, like muscular endurance work, like, I don't know, three by 10 at uh threshold. This is just what I'm guessing. I didn't have a power meter or heart rate or anything, but we, it felt like threshold now Now that I think back. And then we'd do some, like some VO2 intervals after that. Some shorter, more intense stuff. Yeah. How much of your time was dedicated to skills? Because all the junior kids that I see, they're like, when they're like just sitting around on the trailhead, they're like hopping on their rear wheel and yeah. just like chatting and carrying on conversations. They're so good. I know. Um, I usually do skills um, on my recovery rides. Uh, I don't, I don't recommend recovery rides uh, for trails if you don't have a high FTP or else like, I, like my recovery rides like 180 watts. So I know that's like close to some people's FTP. So I wouldn't do that if you have low FTP. But yeah, I, um, I'm really bad at like step ups. Like if you're going up a hill and then there's like a big rock ledge, you got to go up. So I'd mainly work on that and uh, cornering skills with like cones and grass and uh, stuff like that. Did your coaches put um, or like create skills sessions for you guys that you would do? Or was that something that you just did with your friends or did solo? Um, our trails are actually pretty gnarly here in Texas. So um, like you can just ride and I mean, it's, it's going to test you for sure. Yeah. A lot of uh, rock ledges and just rocky terrain, right. That you have to deal Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's probably undersold. Like a lot of people think, Oh, Texas, it's not Colorado. So it doesn't have huge mountains. So it's not hard, but <laughs> I've, I've heard it's pretty technical, especially down there in Austin. Um, so how did you, how did you keep it? Or did you get to a point with Nika? Cause you're still racing Nika, but, uh, being 16, but have you reached a point yet where the, original fun that started with Nika has kind of like left and have you found anything that's helped you keep it fun? Cause that's a big, a lot of parents are listening to this wondering how do I, my, my kid wants to get faster, not just ride, but get faster, but how do I keep it fun? So are there any things that you have done to help maintain fun and keep it interesting in that regard? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, um, I ride with friends. I think that is extremely motivating for me. 
like every Sunday, I'll just go out with uh, these fast kids and we just like, you know, it's just zone two endurance. So we're just uh, having fun doing jumps and um, yeah, we just keep it fresh. Um, I like, I'm more of like an Alex Wild type of, like, I'm very into the, you know, like riding on the trainer. Like I don't want to coast, do everything perfectly, but I understand some kids or most kids don't want to do that. Um, but I would just recommend maybe, you know, once every three days, just go, you know, have fun, do a soul ride, go ride with your friends or, um, just work on your downhills or something. Yeah. Good call. I like it. Um, when did you get introduced to trainer road? Um, about a year and a half ago. And what, uh, what was your process like? Like, did you, uh, you, did you follow the plans? What did you follow for that? Uh, I'm laughing cause I had a terrible tra- trainer set up. I'm just thinking of it. Um, it was in my room. I didn't have a fan. I think it was, um, yeah, it was just terrible. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I started trainer road and, um, I had a coach for about, uh, seven or eight months before that. But I pretty much figured out, like, I can do this on my own. I don't need to pay all this money for a coach. Uh, and I think Trainer Road is perfect for NECA kids because it's a great entry point for structured training. Like, it's 20 bucks a month, super, like, the value on it is crazy. Um, so you don't necessarily need a coach to start training. Uh, you just need structure. Um, but... Yeah, so I started after I had my coach. Uh, I think I went into Sweet Spot Base. Um, I think it was low volume or maybe it was uh, somewhere, yeah, low volume. And um, so I started from there and went up. I think I started, my Sweet Spot intervals were like at 230 watts and now they're at like 300, so. Way to go. That's awesome. Huge increase. Was it it hard at first to do such concentrated structure like you mentioned no coasting and that sustained sweet spot work was that difficult at first oh yeah it's there's an adaption process you can't just jump into it because um especially with mountain bikers we're very used to coasting and going hard for little shorts of time like when i go to practice with these kids like they can do 800 watts out of corners and they're just like some middle school kid that's been riding for a year it's kind of insane (laughs) and they weigh like 100 pounds (laughs) yeah they're just feather lights it's it's crazy um yeah so not coasting all the time you get this like dull ache in your legs at first um and then as you um probably about 10 weeks into it i was like okay uh, I, you know, I feel strong. Like you feel really strong when you go out on the road, uh, especially after some sweet spot. Mm, yeah, no doubt. Was there in the training process in general, is there anything that you think that you're particularly good at? Like you we oh. mentioned before, like Alex wild, right. Uh, we talked about him. He's particularly good at being able to like rack up a huge amount of work within a short period of time, like really high muscular endurance, very aerobically inclined athlete. Um, but he's also very good at being structured and disciplined and planning things out. Whereas Keegan, I would say is really good at being tough. Sophia is very good at having a plan and sticking to a plan. What are the things that you're best at in the training process, whether it's recovery, nutrition, a certain type of training, a mental mindset thing? Um, there's a few things I'm really good at getting my sleep. I get like 10 hours a day, uh, like no doubt about it. Um, 
And uh, I mean, I guess I'm just privileged in that front. That's easy to do that. But um, I also am very good at focusing on progression in my workouts. I don't focus on volume too much just because as a junior, I think that can burn you out. I mean, I'm still doing like 15 to 20 hours a week, but I don't go above that. Um, and I just focus on progression in my workouts, which I think is the most important thing. Like if I did four by 10 at three 30, uh, last week, I'm going to do uh three by 10 or, uh, what did I say? Four by 10 yeah. at uh three forty or whatever, or extend, mm-hmm. you know, do another interval. Mm-hmm. That's a, that falls directly in line with the new workout levels we just released, uh, to make that sort of incremental improvement, absolutely possible and feasible. Um, I think that's why I've had such wonderful training over the past, geez, I guess it's been uh, seven or eight months now using adaptive training is because it's doing that very thing. Like you're talking about those incremental increases, that's super smart. And to not stress about the TSS overall TSS or overall volume. Uh, that's a super smart thing. Anything else that you're particularly, you found that you're good at? Uh, I'm good at like, um, eight to 15 minute efforts. So kind of where VO two meets uh, threshold, like I can go way above my, or like right above my threshold for a pretty long period of time. Like uh, just using levels, for instance, I just did a custom sweet spot workout of, uh, it was a 10.6 rating. So I think my muscular endurance is pretty good. That's super impressive. Was that the three by thirties that you did just recently with the spikes within the three? Oh yeah. Yeah. I love those. I love the spikes. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, and that's a really good applicable sort of workout for what you do right in mountain biking where you have spikes, but at the same time, if you try to coast or ease off in between, you just bleed time to everybody else. So yeah, that's a relative strength and a sneaky strength in mountain biking is being able to stay on the gas and especially in the flats uh, with, uh, with, especially against kids, uh, I've noticed that they're very good at going very fast up when things get steep, but then when it's flat, it's tougher to be able to hold that power on. So smart folk or smart to target that sweet spot work. So what, what do you struggle with in the, in the training process? Once again, whether it's nutrition, something on the bike or something off the bike, uh, definitely nutrition. I, I really bad at that. Um, I've gotten better, like in this coming uh, gravel race, I'm doing 150 miles tomorrow um, for the Gravel Locos, and I'm aiming to do 100 to 110 grams of carbs with the um, maltodextrin and fructose. I just buy that bulk and put it in my drink, um, and I do gels too. But um, yeah, so on my rides, I know you, Jonathan, you're really good at this, like just fueling the work constantly, but like I just did an hour and a half of zone two yesterday and I was like, Oh, I don't need to eat. Like it's just an hour and a half of zone two, but it's just like, just, just feel it mind. Like, I don't know why my mind is so focused. I don't know. Uh, with sweet spot work and anything above tempo, I definitely feel really well though, but just my zone two, it's just like, I can't wrap my head around eating. It's tough, right? It's really hard. Uh, and for some reason we have this connection that feels like we should starve ourselves because it's not hard. Um, but really what we're doing is just starving ourselves from improving like we need to improve. Right. So, um, was that hard though, to get to the point where you were taking in like a hundred grams, 110 grams an hour? Was that, how did you start that from square one to get to where you are now? Uh, square one, I started with, um, 
30 grams of carbs each hour on one of my endurance rides. And I was like, holy crap, I feel so good right now. <laughs> like I felt, um, and then I was like, okay, my stomach didn't hurt at all. Um, and I just slowly progressed. I think I went to 30 an hour to 60 an hour. And now, uh, and then I, I did like 80 an hour on my, uh, sweet spot workouts, which are about two hours long. And um, now for the gravel race, I wanted to do more because my stomach has never budged. Like even my dad, he uh, just tried. He was like, ah, I'm just going to try fueling. And he did 110 like the first time and his stomach didn't hurt. So I don't know if my stomach is just massive or something. <laughs> yeah, he got an iron gut, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a true skill. Like you need to have that um, for cycling. So let's talk about Nika racing a bit. You mentioned that the races are somewhere around, did you say like 17 miles roughly? For yeah, it's, a, uh, it's like an hour and 20 minutes, depending on how flat the course is. So what is the racing environment like at Nika? Does it feel like a normal bike race or how is it different? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I kind of struggle with um, like anaerobic capacity, like really punching uh, hard, like one minute power is pretty bad. I can hit like 1100 watts, but, um, I can't do like a very hard effort for more than like 20 seconds. Um, so the races start really hard just cause I don't know how these kids naturally have that, but they just do, uh, maybe it's the Watts per kilo getting off the line or something, but, um, yeah. So once we kind of settle in, it becomes very tactical, at least in the varsity race. Like it's usually a group of four or five of us. Um, we're all just kind of looking at each other. Maybe an attack will go on the second to last lap. Usually it comes down to a sprint in the end. Um, but breakaways do get away. I just want to say that like mountain biking is the perfect breakaway opportunity because you have nobody in front of you. You don't have to worry about anybody behind you. You can just flow and it's usually faster because the kids, uh, in my group, you know, sometimes we kind of sit up, look at each other, you know, like, um, take a drink. Whereas if you can just gun it the entire way, and that's kind of my strength. Um, I think that's very beneficial just to get away. Mm. So how do you manage that fast start? Like what, what do you, do you position yourself forward and then let yourself drift back? Or do you really fight and hold that position? Uh, yeah, I, I fight. I try and get top five just cause if you're uh, behind like the fifth rider it usually gets, um, pretty, I don't know what you'd call it, but everyone's fighting back there for the like top five. So if you get in top five, it's usually strung out enough in the first, like the real make or break point is like two and a half minutes in where everyone's just dying. Like you're just peak aerobic uptake, just like, like your lungs are screaming. That's, that's when you want to make up the most positions. So I focus on like three minute efforts, uh, like VO two. Sometimes I'll do like really high cadence at the start for 15 seconds, just to get as much time at that, um, at VO two as I can, like 95% of VO two and up, um, mm -hmm. which really helps with those starts, but managing the starts, it's just kind of like luck of the draw. You know, you might get a gap there. Um, depending on the start, it might not even be important at all. Hmm. Yeah. That's something that an athlete like you, that's more aerobically inclined, uh, it's a tough thing to manage for a lot of, and especially when adults try to race against juniors, oh my gosh, like juniors start so hard. It just hurts every time. Um, 
what do you think in terms of race execution, you mentioned breakaways being, you know, ideal for mountain biking. Cause you get clear track, right. And you can ride it how you choose to ride it and pace it, how you choose to pace it, which oftentimes can end up being faster if you're, especially if you're able to lay down that steady state power. But what do you think are like specific traits or habits or race execution practices that make a junior racer particularly successful? It may not be different than what it is for an elite athlete as well, an older one, but what things do the good junior athletes do? Um, hmm. um, I don't know if it's different for juniors and adults. I think everything that applies to adults can be applied to juniors. Maybe juniors don't focus on their sleep um, be uh, before just because, I don't know, they want to play video games or whatever. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you can still play video games. You go to sleep early. Like, I tried and get in bed by 9 or 10 before a race. And I remember Amber said um, the sleep two days before the race is the most important. Uh, I think that's just some some grody stuff, but I believe it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I would, that's what I try and do two days before the race. I try and get 10, nine or 10 hours of sleep. Awesome. That's the biggest difference. I think. So now these days you find yourself racing, like you said, in the pro cat one field as well, even like lining up against like fast, legit names, uh, you know, Payson's from down in Texas and there are plenty of really fast athletes down there has it been a, has there been a learning curve? Like are the races different when you're racing a pro cat one field compared to the Nika fields? Uh, yeah. Uh, overall they are just way faster off the start. They're actually not as fast as the Nika races, which is interesting, but it is just very like you are not off the gas at any point. You are hammering each downhill and you are just trying not to get slower and slower. So, mm. um, yeah, uh, I would just say uh, my local races are faster, but Nika gets more tactical because it's just like the kids are so much um, like closer together. Like we're pretty much the same speed. And they have that high anaerobic work capacity where even though they might be kind of cruising at a certain point when you sprint and it's probably really hard to drop them because they can go really hard for short periods of time, I would assume. Yeah. But then again, like those efforts get more and more aerobic. So the later you do them in a race, the more of like, Hey, how's your aerobic engine doing? Like I'm a sprint and see how well you can do or something like that, or just sustained efforts up a climb or something. But, uh, um, yeah, the dudes I race with in ProCat One, like it's it's no joke. Like a dude that wins my races, he just took Phil Guyman's KOM twice in uh, in Austin, which is just insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's actually slower off the start with those guys. Um, but like once they take the lead, they just kind of motor. Like it's every single climb is just so much harder than in a Nike race. Interesting. Have you changed the way that you've raced or even trained because of that? Uh, yeah. So, uh, with Nike races, I don't, um, taper as much. Uh, uh I just kind of train through, maybe do like a two or three day taper with juniors. We recover quickly, but, um, not as quick as most people think. Um, but with timber races or my local race series, 
we or I uh, taper much more just because I know it's going to be an overall harder effort. It's probably going to be a longer effort too. Uh, they're usually an hour 30, an hour 40. It's like 25 miles usually. Mm. Yeah. Have you, and then, man, but you starting out at this age with getting your carbs in line like that and being able to time that and then working on muscular endurance, you're going to be super fast. I mean, you already are, but you're, <laughs> you're going to be crazy, crazy fast. Uh, what are your goals, Dylan, with mountain biking in general? Uh, with mountain biking, um, I want to be top three in the next uh, Timber Series. Uh, top five, I'd be okay with. My main goal is a uh, a 400 watt FTP by the end of senior year, which is uh, actually calculated. It. It's one and a half watts every week. So <laughs> I guess I'm just like aiming for the moon and landing the stars. I guess if I get 370, like it's um, it's whatever. I'm doing nationals this summer. I want to get maybe top 20, top 10 there. That's going to be a hard field since I'm uh, in the younger age bracket of 17, 18. Yeah, that field's massive and really, really competitive for sure. What are you planning to do for elevation for that race? What's your plan in terms of, are you doing any acclimatization beforehand or are you going up a certain amount of days before? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going up like a week before I've found, I know there's, um, what was that? The team sky study with like uh, two weeks or right before, I think that's what it was. I've found, I feel better every single day. So just whatever is the earliest I can get up there, which is, uh, about a week. And I'm also doing heat training cause in Texas it's like 105 degrees. So you're always doing heat training, <laughs> yeah. even at like, <laughs> Um, and on the trainer, I'll probably do my, um, aerobic rides on the trainer instead of doing it outside, uh, with outside workouts, uh, because, and then just turn my fan off and try and sweat as much as possible. And smart, get some plasma volume boost there, you know? Absolutely. Um, well, that's exciting. Uh, beyond that, do you have any other big events on your calendar? Was it beyond, I mean, national championships is huge, but any others? Um, not really. I'm probably just going to do some gravel races in the summer. Uh, yeah, I have gravel locos tomorrow, which is 150 miles. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm just going to do a big build block up to nationals. And uh, Yeah. Awesome. Well, Dylan, this has been a blast. Uh, it, can people get in touch with you in any way? I don't know if you're on Instagram or if you have any other way, if they have questions for you. Uh, yeah, on Instagram, I am Dylan underscore Schlageter. And on Strava, it's just Dylan Schlageter, No, no silly name. Um, <laughs> as some people do, uh, uh, yeah. And then on the forum on D schlog, D S C H L A G. Awesome. So we will put those links down below. If you want to ask Dylan, any questions regarding anything, whether it's Nika mountain biking, uh, any of the stuff that he's going to do and Dylan, I'm looking forward to seeing you at national championships. That's going to be a blast. Right. So I appreciate you doing this and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks everybody. Thank you.